Welcome to my testimony, and today we have a, a very special young man, Don. Yes, Joseph Cartwright. Joseph, welcome to my testimony. Thank you so much for having me. Yep, yep. And um, I, I met Joseph on social media, and um, found out that he's such a remarkable young man, and um, he's here to share his testimony and some projects that he's working on. And we cannot wait to uh, to hear his story and to see the things that God has put in his heart. So. Again, Joseph, we are glad to have you, and uh, welcome again to my testimony. Yeah, I'm having you all start sliding into your DMs, and now we're here. Yeah. So before we get into Joseph's testimony, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this uh, beautiful day, the beautiful weather, and everything that you have provided for us. We thank you for Joseph. We thank you for his testimony and, and for the things that you have put on his heart, and he's here to share with us. We pray that as he shares, that the Holy Spirit will just be with him, be with all of us, and that we will be blessed. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Joseph, our community doesn't really know who you are, so introduce yourself, tell us where you were born, and everything else that comes after that. For sure, yeah. Hey guys, my name is Joseph Cartwright, and yeah, I grew up uh, in California. I was born in Mountain View, California, in the Bay Area, and around the time when I was four, my dad and my mom, they decided they wanted a slower pace of life, so they uh, moved to a town called Roseville, which is like just 20 minutes um, above Sacramento. Uh, Roseville is kind of like the the Adventist mecca of you know where NorCal, uh, Northern California Conference is there, Adventist okay. Health, We March just up the hill, and yeah, there's a lot of different academies and other ministries, as well as like Amazing Facts. Doug Bachelor, he's right there as well. He's got the, his mega church. Okay. And so yeah, I've been living there. Um, went to uh, Southern Adventist University. And uh, was on the East Coast for a bit, and I would say uh, 2017 is when I moved back to the area, and so yeah, I've been living there ever since. Mm. Okay, okay. So, uh, so growing up on, on in that community, man, how um, how is it for us? Uh, for you, how is it for you? Tell us about that. Yeah. So, my uh, yeah, my parents uh, were both Adventists. I believe um, on my dad's side, my grandpa was introduced to Adventism. And then on my mom's side, uh, she started out being Catholic. And then one of her aunts, you know, I guess moved away. Uh, they were living in Texas. Her, her parents, you know, had moved from Mexico to El Paso, Texas. And one of her aunts uh, discovered Adventism. And so she introduced it to my mom's family. And her father still chose Catholic, but the you know, her mom's like, hey, I want to start going to church on Saturday. So mm. all nine of them. My mom has eight siblings, all nine of them would go to church on Saturday and then wow. go to church on Sunday. Yeah. And then I believe, uh, yeah, someone introduced like, oh, there's a, such a thing as an Adventist college. And so the oldest uh, sibling um, didn't listen to the dad and it's like, nope, I'm not going to help around the house. I'm going to go to Southwestern 
And so, yeah, she went to college. She got like a nice paying government job. And I think she, she paid for the down payment for a bigger house. And so then my grandpa was like, oh, everybody's got to go to college now. And so okay. Okay. yeah, everybody yeah, went to an Adventist school. And then, yeah, so my, my parents, yeah, I would say in the beginning, um, my, my parents kind of saw God more of like a creator mm. than like a friend. So that's kind of how it was growing up. We kind of just like paid reverence and, you know, uh, Saturday, you know, they was kind of talked about how they needed to, um, you know, Hey, this is like God's special day. He says aside for us, you know, mm -hmm. we need to, you know, be respectful. And so, you know, I didn't like not having to, you know, not being able to watch, you know, television. Cause like mm -hmm. we had like the most basic of basic cable. And so <laughs> Saturdays is when the best cartoons were. So I remember right. always trying to sneak yeah. down to, mm -hmm. you know, catch a little Disney or Cartoon network. Cause that was the only day it popped on, on, on our channel. Right. And, uh, yeah, also growing up, uh, my parents, they also, they weren't really the biggest fan of, uh, Ellen G. White. So I actually like, wasn't really introduced to her oh, wow. until I got to college. And before that, I mean, yeah, she was never just brought up. And at our church, we were very big into like serving the community. So I didn't really know much about like the bigger Adventist world of what was happening, you know, you know, there's all these like famous speakers and stuff and just these cool ministries that are happening or ASI or GYC mm -hmm. didn't really know much about it. Cause we just kind of focused our church did a lot of evangelistic series. So a lot of people that attended our church were brand new to the faith. Okay. And, and so that's kind of how I was raised. And then eventually I, uh, I discovered that, uh, there was actually way more to having a relationship with God mm -hmm. and, it was actually the book, uh, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. There was a chapter in there like, hey, God wants to be your best friend, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like a normal friend. The more you hang out with them, their character, their perspective rubs off on you. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the time, I wasn't having like the best um, school experience. And so, yeah, I just went full force into making God my best friend, talking to him about whatever, like, hey, God, just got in a fight with my mom or, hey, God, I like this girl. And mm -hmm. it uh, transformed my life uh, just, you know, over just a couple of weeks of doing that. Right. I just saw the world differently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's been an incredible journey ever since. Mm -hmm. right. Do you right. have siblings? Yeah, I have one sister and she is a pastor for the Northern California Conference and she's oh. younger than me. Oh, okay. she's younger than you yeah. being pastor mm -hmm. already. Okay, wow. Did she, uh, did she go to Southern also? Yeah, she followed right behind me. So um, I was a senior when she was a freshman at oh, Southern. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Growing up in the church, as you said, uh, you never really made that that um, that personal connect connection, connection with God. With God. Uh, apart from the book, though, what 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 made you move into that direction and realize that you need God more as a friend, as a friend. than than Him just being a creator? Mm. Yeah, I guess like for me, you know, like my love language is words of affirmation and. Like I loved just building relationships, connecting with people. Mm. And, you know, it was cool from like a, like a biblical standpoint or like theology standpoint, like, oh, wow, okay, this is cool how everything connects and right. God has this ultimate plan. But I just, I always was, I felt something was missing. Like I wanted something more. Right. And yeah, my parents didn't seem to bring that up. They would always just kind of talk about how cool like the bible connects with each other and stuff but mm -hmm. never brought up about god being yeah, your friend and 
and yeah, that just allowed for me to grow and, and God, um, started giving me like, you know, as I was listening and hearing his voice, you know, it talks about how like, you know, the, the character Joseph in the Bible, mm-hmm. he, um, he had all these talents, these gifts, right. and God gave him little tiny opportunities at first and he kept thriving and succeeding in them. You know, he started serving in Potiphar's house. He then eventually became in charge of Egypt or, you know, by the end of the story. Right. And so that was like, kind of like my next phase with God. He was like, Hey, okay, now that, you know, we have a relationship, I have all these cool things I want to do with you. I've given you gifts, but you need to start like um, using them to, to serve, you know, kind of how like we tie their money. We should also tithe our gifts. And so I, uh, I was doing film at the time, you know, in high school and I was like, Hey, let me start trying to like film the sermons. And when I got to college, uh, there was like this series they wanted to do to kind of show like how innocent kids are. And so I made these video series kind of just showing like what kids um, answers are to various Bible questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have two storytellers that are the best in the world or in the universe and that's God and Satan. And so Mm -hmm. it was just such a cool thing to invite God um, and just be there, you know, being inspired and let him tell the story. And it was just so cool to see. I think one of those videos now has like over a hundred thousand views on my YouTube channel. Right. And wow. yeah, just cool to see. And so I started just taking those small opportunities and God just kind of get giving me bigger ones. And like one of the, uh, like a pivotal moment in my high school experience, um, my dad had said, Hey Joe, like let's uh, start a Bible study together. And I was like, at the time I was super nervous. Like I was really bad at public speaking. And so I mm. asked, uh, you know, like my dad, like dad, <laughs> why should I do this? Like mm. I do a horrible job. And he's like, Hey Joe, you want to be a filmmaker someday, right? He's like, yeah. Like, well, you're going to need to learn how to like convince your crew and give them a pep talk when it's been a bad shoot. Mm. It's like, okay, fine, dad. <laughs> and so we, we did this Bible study and it worked out pretty well. And then my dad, <laughs> He decided to sign me up for this, like how to give a sermon <laughs> uh, workshop. It was like over okay. a weekend. Wow. And I was like, dad, what are you, what are you doing? Like <laughs> someday you're going to be a producer. You're going to be in charge of a whole network. You're going to have to learn how to convince a whole company to, to do your ideas. I'm like, okay, right. fine. I'll, wow. I'll do this. And uh, it was pretty cool the way like they taught how, like what a sermon consists and how basically like there's three stories in every sermon, you know, there's your story, the Bible story and God's story. And, and every story kind of has like a situation or, you know, and like kind of has like an arch where you have like a, it goes down Mm -hmm. and there's like a negative moment and then you're brought up. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like a, yeah, you have a situation, a conflict and a resolution. And so that was kind of the way they taught how to get, do sermons. Mm -hmm. And then they had all of us pray at the end, like, Hey, you just learned how to do this. Pray that God gives you an opportunity. And so I prayed, you know, think, oh, God's not going to, you know, give me an opportunity. He knows how bad I am at public speaking. Right. And a week later, I'm now at my Sabbath school. And like, hey, the church just asked us to do a youth Sabbath. I need someone to give the sermon. I'm like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> so I raised my hand. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Mm. And usually, you know, I feel like pastors probably just practice maybe a week for a sermon. Right. I practiced for three months. And like that last month, I was up on that stage just trying to make sure that it was ingrained in my head so that if I got nervous, I still knew, you know, my lines. Yeah. And uh, that day, man, I, my hands are shaking, you know, and I kept having to go to the bathroom mm. and my, my stomach was hurting. And finally, I go up there and I, you know, pray real quick. 
like, Hey God, I'm an instrument in your hands. Play me like you've never played me before. Right. And it was just the, it was just like the coolest thing. It's just like the Holy Spirit, you know, just kind of, just, I became alive and right. this is the coolest thing. Like the words are just coming like on a conveyor belt. And I was mm. like, yo, Jesus loves you and you back there picking your nose. And it was such a, <laughs> a beautiful experience. And uh, yeah, God, anyway, he just kind of kept giving me more opportunities. And then um, he started to be really funny. Uh, there was this pastor that his wife had got sick and he was supposed to give an evangelistic series in South Africa. And mm. he asked me like a month before, hey, uh, can you do this? Wow. And I actually said no, because I'm like, I am not going to Sapphire. I am not <laughs> preaching 22 sermons. And uh, I was actually like on a date with someone and I was telling her this story and she was like, wow, you're an idiot. Why would you not take that opportunity? Like God's wanting you to do something. Just trust him. Right. And so I was like, you know what? Okay, you're right. And so, yeah, I went to South Africa and just after that whole experience, um, preaching there and just all the different situations that happened from like power going out and like not being able to see my slides mm. and just trusting God and, and seeing people like come up to get, you know, to want to get baptized. Mm. I knew like, okay, God has something for me and I need to just keep. And so that's kind of what my life has been. And just keep saying yes to the opportunities because they just get right. um, be better and better. And just, you know, God gave me gifts. And so I got to keep serving him within my sweet spot so that, because God, at the end of the day, he wants us to enjoy it. And so, exactly. you know, when you use your gifts, like you're also able to have fun serving God. Yep. And, yep. and yeah, so I was able to go to college and, and do film. And, um, you know, where I'm now, I'm now living in, in around Sacramento. And uh, one of the cool things that I'm getting to do now that kind of was like the next chapter that God wanted me to do was like, hey, you moved, to, you moved back to Sacramento. I want you to start like a young adult ministry mm -hmm. out here. And I was like, okay, God, I, I know how to speak now, but like to actually like lead my own peers, I don't know about that, mm. but you know, he kind of opened up the doors and I started out with like a little small Sabbath school and started doing Vespers. And it was so hard to get people to come. Like I, I literally had to start stealing people from other churches. I would like go visit and then like try to say like, oh, hey man, there's this cute girl, you should come, you know? And then I had to find a girl to make sure right. she showed up. Right. And uh, slowly but surely people started coming. And uh, my sister gave the idea of like, hey, you should do a camping trip. And so okay. I did a camping trip and that really just took it off. Cause like, uh, how I see like a campfire, it's kind of, I like to call it Adventist liquid courage, man. It just like mm -hmm. opens people up and they just melt and like be themselves. And that allowed for our group to just like bond and become friends. And uh, last year I did my third annual uh, camping trip and mm -hmm. in, in the middle of COVID, middle of COVID. Uh, 70, yeah, wow. 75 people came out to Lake Tahoe and people just drove from like Oregon, from Loma Linda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a guest speaker and, just right there on the lake. Um, it, was, it was just so cool. Like, wow, like God has uh, taught me like the skills of, yeah, just leadership and pulling right. through. Right. And, uh, and now um, I, I get to like use my gifts um, in my career. Um, I work for a, a digital marketing firm now that serves um, Adventist business owners and ministries. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool to like use my talents that I have when it comes to marketing, film, and now, you know, I get, I get paid and, you know, um, it's a remote position. So I get to travel, you right. know, um, around like, a, 
last year I, I, I decided to just live in Mexico for a month because I was just getting tired of COVID and how, California, they really right. <laughs> tightened it up over here. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I lived in Mexico and it was just nice, you know, being able to just work and then, you know, relax. And so, yeah, that's kind of like uh, where I've just seen God. That's my mission. I'm always just looking for the opportunities because like Joseph in the Bible, his mm-hmm. apex of his journey was in charge of Egypt. And mm-hmm. that's my goal. Like, God, what is my, right. you know, in charge of Egypt moment? And I'm just slowly being refined and getting there. So, Joe, tell us about the uh, some of the challenges you, you face when you're growing up with your sieges before you got to this point. Yeah, Absolutely. So from the moment I was born, that very first day in the hospital, I had a what's considered like a grandma seizure it's like the the worst kind mm-hmm. of a seizure and pretty much like those that next month i had a seizure every day and the doctors were trying to figure out you know how to um slow it down and eventually yeah, i was put on medication and um one of the, the issues with this medication is that um i was using one called depakote and depakote is also um used for people with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. so it kind of like altered yeah my personality and made me more reserved than what I actually was. Mm. And so um, I believe my freshman year of high school, I finally was like completely uh, weaned off it. And basically I had to start over and discover, you know, who I was. And so, yeah, just imagine this uh, awkward person. And, um, you know, thankfully like in college, I had this really good uh, friend that I met that really just helped me um, like pick up on cues and just develop my social intelligence right. to um, just be better. Cause, and even today it, it is still a, a struggle. Cause like, there's a lot of kind of like, you know, imagine carrying, you know, like a Starbucks uh, container with all the different cups, you know, mm-hmm. personally for me, like I'm only able to carry like eight cups of information at a time until they, until I consume them and it becomes a part of me. And so, you know, every year there's things that become automatics, but yeah, even to this day, because like I started so late and just learning like uh, some social etiquette and just like some of these cues, um, you know, I'm still learning today, or there's things that I, I just have to keep a cheat sheet, you know? So like if I'm chatting with a girl, mm-hmm. you know, I need to like make sure I move my eyebrows frequently. So I so that she acknowledges like, Oh, okay. Wow. He's actually listening okay. to me. Cause that, that's something I forget to do. I kind of just can keep a stiff face. And, um, but yeah, so that, um, but that's allowed me to, you know, continue to rely on, you know, on God to, right. and yeah. And, um, and especially when I have been like a boyfriend, yeah, it can, it can be tough just, uh, being that emotional validation and right. remember, re- remembering to do that, you know, mm. When was the last time you had a seizure? Uh, it was 2008 was the last time I had a seizure. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. You know, you know, what's amazing that the, the stuff that we, um, we take for, take granted. for granted mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. until, until you realize that it's, mm. it's not, it's not, um, you know, cause God, God has created us with, with all these natural abilities and, mm. When you have something that influences that or take it, take it away from you, right? You realize, you realize how 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 great God is that yeah. He created us with all these things. Because you were just saying, you know, moving your yeah, eyebrows, your eyebrows and, is like, you know, um, we do it without we even do thinking it without about thinking. it. Thinking. But you had to think about showing interest yeah, because yeah. you could be just there. Someone is talking to you, and you have no, um, 
Yeah, no expressions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I like what you said, and I'm going to steal that from you, man. The two greatest storytellers is, is um, Satan mm. and God. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And I'm a awesome. filmmaker, too. Mm. <laughs> so, um, but, but, but take it's us true. back. Um, when did you start developing an interest in film? Yeah, so um, back in the day, my parents had one of those really old, old camcorders, you know, that used tape, and we would make little Lego movies and, and stuff like that, and okay. we had no way to edit, so we basically had to, like, rewind if we wanted to, like, you know, actually make a little film mm -hmm. and, like, set up all the different scenes, you know, after each other. That was the way we would cut, and then um, at my church, when I was 12, they started doing a TV ministry, and the, the guy in charge that he taught me how to use Final Cut Pro, you know, at the age of okay. 12 and wow. got to handle the camera, set up lighting, do audio. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I got to eighth grade, um, the high school teacher, they had, they just hired this new guy. He was kind of like the computers and he also was going to be in charge of yearbook. And mm -hmm. he uh, showed me, you know, a lot more stuff, you know, how to do video. And he would let me like borrow the cameras and um, I was introduced to like, uh, you know, the 5D Mark II. And right. it was so funny at the time, I was like, why do I want to use a photography camera for film? I'm just going to keep using these camcorders. And so when I finally got to college, I was like, wow, I wish I had listened to my teacher because like they, they had totally made the switch, you know, over, right. you know, DSLR cameras had, you know, changed the world. Right. And yeah. And so, yeah, I went to Southern to study film and uh, it was, it was actually kind of hard at first because like there were some really talented people. And I kind of had to like find my niche and I, I wasn't the best in the cinematography section. And so I always kind of felt like I was the worst guy in the class. So mm -hmm. there was a guy at Southern that was studying nursing and he liked to make these funny videos. And so we teamed up and we just like made videos every week. And that really helped yeah, yes, um, just improve my, my craft. And I think one of our videos, it was like called Southern Matrimony College eHarmony Commercial. And we just kind of made fun of how, you know, Southern, you're always getting married there. Yeah, you and are. It's true. I, I, I think I <laughs> saw that video, actually. I think actually. I saw it, too. I, I think yeah. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we just make fun of Southern. We make, like, spoof videos. We made, like, a music video based off one of the songs from, like, One Direction. You know, you got that one thing. And I think the one thing was, like, he lost his Bible. And so some girl picked it up, and <laughs> he's trying to find it again. Right. And she thinks he's trying to ask her to Vespers, but he just wants his Bible back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I right, cool, cool. Wow. wow. But but Joe, you realize that God was preparing you Absolutely. all this during this time? Yeah. yeah, he was preparing me and and like my latest job, um, it's a miracle in itself. Uh back in uh I guess yeah, a year and a half ago, I had been working at a law firm and I had made a mistake. I had like accidentally overspent like 4,000 of their dollars on the Facebook ad spend. Okay. And they hadn't noticed yet. So I go over to the owner tell him, hey man, I made this mistake. I overspent over the weekend. I was supposed to only spend like 500 bucks, but I spent this amount. Boom, I was fired. Wow. And wow. you know, I was trying to decide, okay, what's my next move? And so you know, in the meantime, I was just kind of driving DoorDash and then my car gets stolen. Um, like. I had gone to Vespers, come back, and I'm going to church, and yeah, my car was gone. And I was like, man, God, like, what do you want me to do now? And at the time, I had been trying to um, network my way. The Northern California Conference, they had just moved their headquarters um, into Roseville. They had taken over the old uh, Adventist Health building. Adventist Health had just built 
a new building. And I was like trying to network my way in, you know, rub shoulders with them. I think I helped them like move boxes from the old location to the new location. I, I think I drove like four hours just to have like a lunch with the president and nothing was working. I like even tried applying for like the janitor position. I'm like, man, do they not want me? Mm-hmm. And so finally, like with my car stolen, I pray to God's like, God, okay, I, I can't even drive Uber. I'm going to have to get really creative, but like I am surrendering it to you. If you don't want me to work at the conference office, I will do whatever job you want. And I literally got a phone call an hour later from now my current employer. He basically called me saying, hey, um, someone recommended your name that we're looking for a project manager for this digital marketing firm. When can you start? I was like, wow, uh, yeah, I could start immediately. And then my first day of work, I'm on the job, you know, getting trained, getting all situated. And then I get a call and it's the police. They found my car. And I was like, okay, wow, God really wants me in this job. So, and yes, yeah, so I've, I've been in it ever since. And it's, it's been so awesome working. Uh, well, the best thing I love about my job is that most jobs you work in, like sometimes you feel like you're smarter than your boss. They may be good at managing you, but they're not good in your skill set. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to have a boss that's actually smarter than me in my skill set so that he can hold me accountable. He can help me grow. And so, yes, yeah, so I love where I work now. When you surrender to God, totally. And what I like about you, Joseph, is that you you realize it as a, at a young age. Most of us we realize this after when we, we get, get old. Yeah, like me, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's good that you have realized this at such a young age, and um, and your passion for the young people. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. You you're so passionate about young people. Uh, why are you so passionate about your peers? Mm. So there's a term, I don't know if you guys have heard, it's called squad goals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can be friends with one person and be really good friends. But at the end of the day, like in a sense, it's a selfish friendship because it's only being shared, you know, your attention is only be shared with one person. But when you throw in a third person Mm -hmm. and you're able to equally share your attention, your love, that's perfect love. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Father, the Son. Like their trio, they're able to perfectly share their love with each other. Right. And so when you're able to get to like where you have a close group of like five, seven, eight, a squad, and you're able to equally share and you don't have favorites, you all just love each other and you're able mm-hmm. to cry together and be vulnerable. Um, there's so many just healing properties. And especially if like it's mixed gender, because like, you know, as guys, we learn way later in life how to be empathetic right and it's so good to have female friends mm-hmm. you know and back in when i was younger like i didn't really see the need like oh why do i need to have a female friend the only need to have a female friends if like i'm trying to pursue them romantically right. but i've just learned the blessings of yeah just having female friends for female friends you know there's no we're not trying to date at some point we just uh, enjoy each other's company and i've um one, a cool experience one time I shared with my female friends like that, hey, I just had lost my job. Mm. And it was the coolest thing to just feel that they were feeling the same pain with me. Right. And that was enough for me to like heal from that. Cause like, okay, wow, like you understood, you actually like got in the hole with me. Mm. And, and after that I was like, okay, I, I need to like make a priority. And so everywhere I live, you know, I always try to make sure I have, you know, 
female friends like to call like you always got to have a girl bro you know someone that you can just good always bro. hang out with and she right. can call you out you know if you need someone for a plus one to a wedding she's got you and yeah i i've just loved um yeah everywhere i lived you know i've always been able to find that female friend that uh yeah can just hold me accountable make me a better man oh wow oh, wow nice. amazing nice. wow okay a lot of little um tips here for the, for the young people listening to this Absolutely. testimony today that's, that's, that's and and uh, for if a guy does oh one last little tip like okay if a guy's like yeah I don't know about this female friend thing from a selfish perspective mm. if you have a really good female friend she's always gonna have a hotter friend and if she trusts you she'll trust you with her hotter friend oh, wow. so I'll just I'll just say that you know don't you don't have to think that way but if, there's, right. if that if that clicks for you to have some more female friends go for it so so there might be some incentives but <laughs> <laughs> well, what are the kind of projects that you deal with and that you're doing currently with young people oh yeah so I, uh, I started this uh, this new thing uh, called the Love Potluck, and how it came about was I was just noticing a lot of my female friends uh, where I live were like going on Bumble, going on Hinge, and going on dates, and I was like, hey, like, what's what's going on? Like, why aren't you going out with an Amethyst guy? And they're like, oh, none of the Amethyst guys are asking us out, or mm. like. Yeah, or another one was like, there aren't any, you know, Adventist guys that I'm interested in. And I was like, wow, interesting. Okay, like, I play basketball at all these academies, and I see all these men there. Like, yeah, why are they not asking them out? Or, you know, why are these girls not meeting these guys? And so I basically started a, yeah, basically like, like a blind date service. And so based off my gut, I would just kind of pick who I thought would be a good fit. And I would tell them the location, the time, and yeah, they would show up. And, you know, I was getting a lot of uh, affirmation, like, wow, like you actually picked a pretty good guy for me. And sometimes the girl was too nervous. I would tell her, hey, bring a friend. And then I would bring two guys, you know, to the restaurant. And then also I would kind of give them some ideas for like a creative date, like, hey, take them to a bookstore and tell them to pick five books that describe them. And then that will kind of help the conversation flow. And like you bring your own five books and you guys can just have a good time, you know, getting to know each other, see how each other, you know, operates. And when COVID happened, I wasn't able to do this anymore. And uh, there was a, a group that uh, had started this thing uh, called the Love Pollock Virtual Speed Dating for Adventist. And uh, a new investor group kind of like acquired it. And so I got to join that group. And so I'm basically like the one that runs the operations. And so, yeah, now I've been yeah running this uh, thing, just allowing for people to like, if they are saying, hey, I live in Missouri. I live in this really small town. Mm -hmm. All the people at my church are over 60. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might be yeah a good opportunity for you to hop on there and yeah get the meet. And how it works is you hop on and you put in your age group and then it assigns you to people within a certain age range. So like if you're a female, females tend to like to date older guys. So it will try its best to you know match you with people that are older. And then mm -hmm. it goes straight into like a, a live video chat and you get to talk for seven minutes and then you rotate to the next person and if you like the person there's a button during the call you can press match and basically if um if you both click it at the end of the session you can see all your matches and uh so far uh, we actually have uh, one couple that is actually getting married that they met on the love potluck Amazing. and yeah and i think we have like maybe 15 other couples that are dating that they've met and so yeah 
just uh, unfortunately, I, we we actually have a competitor now called Link, so it's, it's causing us to have to like adjust things and step it up. Uh, they actually built an app. We just kind of use like a web platform. We use like a third-party software to do it. But um, but yeah, it's just a, it's been a beautiful experience to like you know help people like hey, it is possible to you know meet someone within the church because it's just so much easier you know when. You share the same face. And even within Adventism, there's such a huge spectrum mm -hmm. of what you believe. So like if you tried to even just date a Christian, there's just going to be a lot of you know issues that are going to come up. Like what if you had a really good experience going to an Adventist school and you know, let's say you're dating or you're married to a Christian guy and he's like, oh yeah, I'm sure I'm down. But let's say there's a, a recession, you know, you may be willing to sacrifice, drop that Netflix, have the garbage only get picked up twice a month, right. um, take out the newspaper because you know how much of an impact it made, but your husband, you know, or your spouse is not going to have that same desire. So when things get tight, they're going to want to cut out that, that big expense. And so I think why it's there, there's all these, yeah, subliminal things that we don't take, you know, take for granted when it comes to like Adventism besides the beliefs that there's also the culture beliefs and mm -hmm. yeah, it's just going to be hard, you know, to, if you're dating someone outside of the church. Right, right. So you you um so you you're focusing a lot on on um being yoked together yoked. then equally yoked mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then even yeah equally yoked within the Adventist Church because you know you got your Baptists you got your moderates your GYCers your one projectors wow you know <laughs> it is true Joe Joe so Joe hang true. on you got names for them too <laughs> of course you don't know those names I know those names <laughs> yeah there's there's Batty Addies there's Baptists. Um, you know, Vadiati is kind of like the worst kind, you know, they're literally, they just kind of come whenever, but Baventists, like they love the culture. They love most things, but you know, they'll, wow. they'll probably, you know, drink alcohol or, mm. you know, and, and, you know, there's a good portion of Baptists. They personally, you know, believe that it's, it's fine, it's okay. you know, to, right. to drink, um, you know, to drink. And then obviously, you know, you have, you know, really conservative, you have the wee Martians as well. That's a whole nother breed. Like the we try to ask. What's a what's a wee Martian? <laughs> Someone that goes to Weimar. Oh come on, man! Yeah. I love Weimar, man. So I you... like Weimar. They're nice. <laughs> oh, so dude! Funny. They they give the the best Bible studies. They got the best vegan cheese. Yes, but they do. You, the you can't just see that. <laughs> But you can't straight up ask them on a date. You have to invite them on a hike first. You got to ease them in. They'll, hey, they'll run away. <laughs> but that's a good date, though. That's a good date, yeah. Joe. Going on a the hike. mountains are nicer. Right? Well, you got to invite her to a group setting first, or he, you know, like that's just kind of how. They, but and, Man, uh, my parents, old. they they used to tell me, "Don't go up to Weimar. You know, it's not it's not good for you. You're just you're not going to see any ankles. It's going to be just long <laughs> jean dresses and." Uh, it's been cool just where I live now, like how the, the people like from the Valley, you know, from Sacramento Valley, and we've started kind of become really good friends. There's a really cool ministry uh, here called Philia, uh, where they, instead of feeding the homeless, they hang out with the homeless and just kind of like build relationships. Wow. And th that has kind of like helped all the young adults from Baventist to We Martian all kind of come together and realize like, oh, wow, we have a lot more in common than we thought we did. And so it, it's been really cool to see, you know, just the mixing of, yeah, just different spectrums of Adventism and how like, hey, we both love God, just we do it in different ways. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. 
Amazing, wow. amazing. Uh, t- tell us about your Vespa. Do you have something called a Vespa? What was that? The Vespa? Vespa Squad. Yeah. Is, is the name of my ministry, yeah. Okay, okay. So Yeah, so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, basically, like, I'm about how, like, at the end of the day, it's about having fun. And when you're relaxed, like, it's just so much easier to, um, like, be vulnerable and just draw close to God in a group. And so. I do a lot of uh, camping trips and just adventures and we just, you know, just help people to bond together. Cause you know, like, especially during COVID, like mm-hmm. let's say you move to a new area, you know, and it may be hard to like kind of get plugged in, like, cause you, no churches are open, you know, how are you going to find people? And so that's, what's great about, you know, like when churches can have like a really good young adult ministry, you're able to kind of find an entry point to make some friends and then find like your core group. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm actually, uh, you know, I've been doing this a while now, but I'm actually transitioning, um, from like a young adult ministry. Uh, God has uh, convicted me that he wants me to start a men's ministry. And oh, so wow. I'm going to be, uh, doing like a, a men's summit, uh, at least among the young adults mm-hmm. in my area, we're going to go up to Tahoe and basically like, you know, as men, you know, we, you know, we can tend to like kind of get a little too relaxed in yes. our faith yes. and, mm-hmm. you know, God wants us to be close. Cause what happens like when you are fully connected with him, all other areas of your life, you know, start benefiting. And yeah. so w- with this men's ministry that I'm going to be doing, I'm creating like accountability group where basically mm-hmm. we figure out the strengths of every guy in this accountability mm-hmm. group. And that guy leads in that category. And so like, we'll have a spiritual category. If there's a guy in the group that's just really good at like studying the Bible, he's going to show the rest of us. And we're all going to kind of create our own routine, you know, because it's not about like, okay, we're all going to read the Bible together, but like, okay, what do you need right now in your walk? Is it just listening to music in the morning? Is it going out in nature? Like we all have our spiritual sweet spot that we need to find and be consistent. And then also uh, finances, you know, are we all being good stewards of our money, you know, mm-hmm. are we spending within? And so basically if there's a guy in the group, that's just really good at budgeting, you know, he's got to kind of show us that and like, okay, what's going to be your routine? Like, you know, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to start only maybe eating out like once on the weekend, or, you know, maybe I'm going to, you know, start cooking more or, you know, maybe I'm going to start just being a little bit more intentional of like where I buy my gas just to kind of mm-hmm. save money or, Oh wow. I haven't been saving my retirement. Maybe I should start like, and so there'll be guys in the group, like they know how to invest you know, in a good way. And then physical, you know, are all of us taking good care of our bodies so that we can uh, serve God, you know, with more energy. And so we're, uh, yeah, we just kind of launched this uh, accountability group. So it's, it's, you know, it's like a secret group that we're first testing it out. And then Mm -hmm. uh, in October, we're going to be doing like, yeah, a men's summit where we're going to invite any guy and then basically we're going to bring in like these married men from different areas and they're going to kind of like do little workshops. Oh, wow. wow. And, and then just like, yeah, let's see if we can strive. Cause at least, at least just among my young adults, we've just been noticing like, you know, sometimes we can get too comfortable. Yes. Uh, and, and especially like if let's say the, the men in the group are the older and like the girls are younger, sometimes you get too comfortable cause it's like, Oh, okay. You know, their maturity just matches mine. I don't have to worry. But like, mm-hmm. as men, you know, we need to be leaders. We need to keep lifting ourselves up instead of cruising. And so that was just something I noticed among our friends. Like we just, we're starting to cruise and like, yes. 
we weren't uplifting our fellow sisters in Christ. And we started to, you know, get too comfortable, you know, things like, um, um, you know, locker room talk that started becoming a little too, um, comfortable among females, uh, things like mansplaining, you know, or things like gaslighting, like if a girl had an issue, like as a guy, you know, we're all tough and like, Oh, you need to tough this out. But sometimes we need to like, okay, no, your feelings are real. We want to understand you help us understand your perspective, why you feel uncomfortable about a certain situation. Um, you know, I have a, a relative, they were in a, like a car accident and now they're afraid to drive on the freeway. And this is a female. And from my perspective, like I, my dad just said, tough it up, Joseph, you need to get on this freeway. You need to floor it to 90, like become a man. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I can't just do that to this, this female relative, you know, I no. need to like, you know, even though she drives, you know, four hours instead of the one hour on the freeway because she takes all the off roads, like I just need to like get in her shoes and like, and just be okay. Like, Hey, this is where she's at and not try to push her, you know, where she might feel too uncomfortable. Cause at the end of the day, I don't, I don't truly understand the pain, the trauma that she went through in that car accident, even though it may seem like it's not that bad of a de- big of a deal. Um, and so that's kind of like, we're gaslighting as men. Sometimes we accidentally, do that we try to rebuttal rebuttal but you know we forget there's like this um, it's not always a logical reason why someone doesn't do something sometimes it's emotional reason right. and we need to be more sensitive to that so that's kind of what this group we're going to kind of learn all different facets of that yeah we can just be better men oh wow that's Man. powerful, powerful. that's so powerful oh my goodness joe wow oh, wow what a ministry yeah yeah so let's let's um let's talk a little bit about purity because um you shared with us how your parents, um, you know, uh, influenced you to be a, a pure young man. So let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So what was really cool about how my parents went about purity, like they didn't play defense. They went on the offense and they like said, Hey, you know, these are things that we struggled with. Mm. And so we just recommend, you know, you don't even try, you know, this is what happens when you look at porn. And this is how it affected us. You know, this is masturbation. This is what it is, but this is how it affected, you know, our lives. And so because like they actually got vulnerable, they shared their struggles. It allowed, you know, for me to like, okay, wow. Okay. Like I'm not, I don't even need to, to try it. Right. And so, yeah, so I I haven't had, you know, an issue with, you know, porn addiction and yeah, I've I've never uh, masturbated and yeah, it just has allowed for me to just like not not objectify women and just kind of like, you know, just makes it easier to just, you know, get to know them from a very pure, you know, mindset. And, you know, unfortunately, like I, I'm now learning, you know, how to have better empathy for the guys that are struggling. Cause like, you know, I never was there, but like, I'm trying to, you know, cause to, for me, it's just so easy not to even go there. Right. Um, Right. And so I've kind of had to like bring certain guys to kind of like help me in those areas to kind of lead. Yeah. If guys are yeah, struggling in that, because yeah, it's, it's just, it, it really can slow you down and weigh you down. And so it's, just, it's been so, yeah, no nice that that's not something I've had to worry about, but obviously, you know, Satan, you know, he tries to tempt you in other areas. So if there's an area you're not tempted in, Satan tries to find your other weakness. So, right. you know, I definitely have other aspects that I get tempted in. Yep. And, and, and um, the thing with the devil, he doesn't play fair, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's not just your weaknesses. The devil attacks your strengths too. What you're really good at, he comes in 
and let you compromise with that with that strength that you have and then all of a sudden uh for example you're you're a great filmmaker and then he comes in and he, he knows you're a great filmmaker and he used that against you mm. you know what i'm saying so that's why you always have to submit your will to god and then yeah. you know, control you know so i like what you said it's, it's all about surrender and you know a lot of people like they, they like it's kind of hard to grasp like, hey, like what does that mean mm -hmm. and what i always like to say like like on a daily basis, you know, yes. try to like, I don't know, maybe like find a park nearby or some spot in nature, maybe a forest or you, if you live in the city, your closet or something, but just try to like get into that mindset. Like, okay, like I can make my choices, how I live this day, but like, I want to make, I want to be aligned with God's choices and just like invite God, like, Hey God, um, I'm going to go today. This is my plans, but mm -hmm. I am willing to go so if there's someone I'm supposed to meet right. and it's, it's just funny, like when you ask for those opportunities for like, Hey God, you know, I want to uh, depend on you today. Um, there was something recently, uh, or a few months back, I, uh, was kind of like going through my finances and I realized that I hadn't correctly paid all my tithe that I owed God. Oh, wow. And so I went back like a whole year from the moment that like I had correctly paid my tithe mm -hmm. and I owed God $4,500. Wow. wow. And I was like, and that was like my savings, you know, I had, I had saved and I was like, okay, God, like, I'm going to trust you <laughs> by paying this right now. I am wiped out completely. Mm. Um, and so I, <laughs> I took out that debit card and, you know, went to plangiving.org and <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but in my card number paid it boom i was zero mm. and it was so cool like just to see like just opportunities coming getting a call like hey i heard you know you do this could i hire you for the small project wow. and like within a month and a half i had made back that money that i had saved oh, you know like isn't isn't god good you know and, of course yeah yeah and so so now it's like yeah it's like even if yeah, you think, oh, I can't pay my tithe because you know I don't have money for rent, dude. Right. Just do it. See what happens. Yep. Put yourself yep. there. And so I've just yep. yeah become just so much more willing to just surrender completely, even though it can get really scary, not knowing what the next thing is going to happen. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Oh, powerful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're about to wrap up. So. Yeah. Um, what is your what is your, your um, advice for young adults yes or even for younger young adults and teenagers i don't know if you've ever had any experience with the the, the 18 through 22 year olds what would be your advice as to how to navigate through choosing to serve god as opposed to choosing to serve the world Mm. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, if I was like 18, mm -hmm. um, first thing I would do is like, don't try to go to the shiniest church, you know, the church with the most opportunities, ministries, cutest people, um, go to the church with the best grandmas, you know, mm -hmm. find a good mentor, find a good community, a place where you can get involved and don't worry if there's not a lot of young adults there, you know, God will let God worry about that. He will bring them in but it's time to just develop yourself and be around people that have already gone through it like you and um so that's you know that's something that 
that I did. And it's just been so beneficial, you know, just having that support from a local church. And, you know, I remember I was living in this other town and yeah, I like had, uh, I think there was a job where they were just doing budget cuts and they let everybody go. Mm-hmm. And it's the people around my church. They, uh, they helped me find opportunities. Just different church members had different businesses and they were like, Oh, Hey, you do photography. Hey, take some photos. Like, Oh, you know how to build websites. And it was just so cool to see them help me. And, and, you know, they still reach out to me, just people from all the different cities I've lived in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one piece of advice. Yeah, find a good church, you know, and look for one that's going to just have the best, you know, um, support system and mentorship. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the next thing that I, yeah, I guess would recommend, yeah, it's just really, yeah, really say, save your money. You know, don't, you know, you may have friends that maybe they're like nurses and they make those six figures if they live in mm-hmm. California, but don't try to live like them, you know, right. um, mm-hmm. try to really save, you know, if you have to live with five people in a house, Hey, do it, you know? Um, also like try to find, yeah, little like ways where you can like maybe develop like a side hustle, you know, Let, let's say you're into artistic stuff and you could sell on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're a really good shopper and you're always good at finding deals. Um, Flip stuff on Amazon. If you see something at Walmart for ten bucks and it sells for thirty on Amazon, mm-hmm. yeah, list it on there, sell it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, try to just find a, a save. You know, because yeah, like it'll come later. Like where when you have like you know three to six months of savings and like the world cr- crashes, the whole you know stock market goes down and you lose your job or it's just really hard to to get a new job you know, you have that buffer and it's going to like put less stress on you. Um, so yeah, just really, really save your money. Right. And, um, learn to you know, learn to say no to all the kind of like, if people are traveling, they're probably just traveling, you know, like, you know, on their credit card, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to live their life now and, mm-hmm. and do it later. Um, yeah. And then I would say like another, um, piece of advice is, yeah, I guess just, really figure out um, what your sweet spot is with God. There's a book called Spiritual Pathways and kind of like how there's the book, The Five Love Languages and they have like a quiz you can take. Spiritual Pathways has a quiz you can take that helps you figure out um, the best way to connect with God. And once you can figure that out, it becomes so much easier and, you know, so much more fun when you're having your devotions in the morning because now you're doing it not like how someone else was doing it. Cause like sometimes, you know, like, man, I wish I had David Asterisk's devotionals, but Hey, right. I need to be having Joseph Cartwright devotionals. What did God design for, you know, for me specifically, I can't be comparing myself. So I really, yeah, that'd be my last piece of advice. Kind of figure out what your sweet spot is with connecting with God. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Powerful, nice, man. Nice, Powerful. Nice. So, and I, and I know Joe, you, you're, you're not married yet. So, um, you know, we're going to wish you, Wish. And, I, and I know God is already have your wife for you, man. Yeah. So I'm not even worried mm-hmm. about that. Exactly. But, um, just let us know when that's going to happen and make sure you send us an invitation, you know? You got it. <laughs> You'll be there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing how you have allowed God to use you. And we're, we're so impressed. And we, um, you know, it's an honor to meet you mm-hmm. and, and, and just um, have you a part of my testimony today. Yeah. Sharing your testimony and letting young people know that you know that god got you too you know god got all of us he has all of us in his hands man if you trust him and if you um submit your will to him he will definitely take care of you and you're evidence of this Mm. 
Awesome. I had so much fun chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. So, Dawn, you're going to pray to close this out? Let's pray. Loving Father, what an amazing journey you've taken Joseph on so far. And for someone who's so young and has experienced so many things, I can see your hand in everything Mm. that he has had to do. So I pray that you'll continue to be with him, continue to love and care for him, protect him and his family, and continue to guide him in the way that you want him to go so that he can reach others for you. And so that everyone would know how amazing you are because they see you within his life. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Joe. So mm-hmm. until next time. So yeah. um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, where, 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 find where you? can I find you? Or your, your websites or mm-hmm. social media? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, find me on Instagram. My handle is Joe Cartwright 93. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Sounds good, man. Sounds Wonderful. good. So we'll keep in touch and, um, you know, we, we'll, um, we'll be working on some stuff because, you know, I'm a filmmaker too. My daughter is one too. Mm-hmm. So I know our parts are going to cross. And you yeah. you have actually worked with um, with David Astrick Ministry also too, right? You did some projects Arise. for them. Arise. Yeah, I was hired to yeah take their Arise program online. So yeah, got in there, set up the classroom, filmed it, edited it. And yeah, a lot of crying, a lot of beautiful moments, you know, just imagine having to you're filming it and then you watch it and you get all these additional layers. I'd call my dad like, Dad, why'd you not teach me this about Jesus? Wow. 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 That's amazing. That's amazing. So and I know the experiences are gonna continue, man. So you keep, yeah, keep trusting God, man. Keep trusting God and He's gonna see you too. So Alright. Until next time, man. Until the next episode. I know we're gonna bring you back on again soon. So until the next episode, man, we'll talk, okay? Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you.